0: This one mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. Wow. A coordinated ring of illegal vote harvesting in all the key states where the election was decided. Wow, sounds bad. Let's talk about it. Let's find out if he's lying. I'm scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how i get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is... Is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon, on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW, Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF, amongst other fine terrestrial affiliates. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets every day. Five days a week on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Burden Square Radio, Detour Talk, and all your favorite podcast sites except for Spotify where they lie to you. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from Bradblog.com, now in at least our 19th year of fighting like hell to protect what is left of your democracy. Glad you could join us today. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Desi Doyen, you feeling Okay.
1: Well, yeah. Uh,
0: well, uh, you know.
1: Depending on with everything else that's going on. Sure, me personally, I feel
0: fine. Really? Yeah. Because you look a little peaked. <laughs> I'm just saying. Actually, I'm asking because, uh, you know, COVID is uh, surging about 300 percent in L.A. County over the past month.
1: Well, that's not good.
0: You don't got it yet, do you?
1: Not as far as I know. You have vaxxed? I'm sorry? You have vaxxed? I've I've vaxxed, yes, I'm vaxxed and boosted.
0: All right. Still stay away from me. Just as <laughs> just, just for safety precaution. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, here's more good news. In addition to Desi feeling well, Russia's horrific war in Ukraine continues to not spread to additional sovereign nations, at least not yet, and the U.S. continues to not, at least not yet, be dragged into direct conflict. Uh, That's very good uh, news for right now. As someone who opposed wars of aggression by invading forces on sovereign nations, whether they be U.S. invading Iraq or Russia invading Ukraine, I am proud to be consistently anti-war in both cases. I hope you are as well. And you haven't fallen for the massive Russian propaganda campaign as we discussed a little bit on last week's show right around this time when opening up the phones to a bunch of well, to one or two sadly duped callers. Hopefully we'll get to some phones again today at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. If you want to write it down, depending on uh, whatever you might want to talk about by the time we get there. I know I haven't had the chance to uh, yet to open the phones on Roe v. Wade and the GOP's stolen and packed Supreme Court Plans to take away those constitutionally protected freedoms from Americans as the radical far-right activist justices who now control the Supreme Court look set to insert big government between you and your doctor. That after Republicans spent years pretending they believed in the exact opposite. But I know my callers are smart enough that they never, ever believed them, right? Right. Anyway, we'll see if we can get there. I got a lot to try to begin getting caught up with from uh, news developments on Friday and over the weekend in as much as the situation in Ukraine could change at any time. And I hope to discuss that as well on this week's show as the Uh, Those are very real dangers. A bit more on on the show as the week goes on, I hope. Uh, The forces of illiberal authoritarianism continue to rise, not just in Russia and Ukraine, but, yes, here in this country, without nearly the pushback that I believe we need to see in order to tamp down this exceedingly dangerous moment in this country— Yes, that includes what's about to happen on Roe v. Wade and all of the other constitutional rights and freedoms that the far right is already planning to take away next, including a nationwide abortion ban going after contraceptives and a whole bunch of other stuff that cannot stand if Roe is knocked down under the very same disingenuous legal argument that's being forwarded by Justice Sam Alito in that draft opinion of his um, on behalf of the high court majority, but to the extent that some of us at least are trying trying to take action to push back on all of these dangers, many of them to our very democracy. I want to focus on uh, some of those efforts again today in as much as unlike Putin's war on Russia and their accompanying atrocities and war crimes for the moment. These are some things that we, the American people, can actually do something about, can actually take direct action on right now. If, if it only means being informed about these things enough to help our friends and our neighbors and our coworkers learn how drastically and disingenuously they are being disinformed by the right-wing disinformation industry in this country at a time when we all, all of us, need to be standing up to protect American democracy, as flawed as it is, and the attack that it now faces from the authoritarian right in this country who, yes, attempted to steal the 2020 presidential election right before our very eyes. And they are still trying. As you may know, if you spent uh, any time on, uh, uh, on social media over the weekend and, and you saw those trending hashtags for something called hashtag 2000 mules, well, a, uh, a film debuting in over 270 theaters across the U.S. this past week uses a flawed analysis of cell phone location data and ballot dropbox surveillance footage to try and cast doubt on the results of the 2020 presidential election, nearly 18 months after it ended. That, according to AP, in one of several fact checks from a number of outlets over the past several days. 270 theaters is now uh, playing this nonsense. Uh, It was praised by former President Donald Trump as exposing, quote, great election fraud. So you know what to make of it already, perhaps. The movie is called 2,000 Mules. It was screened, by the way, at Mar-a-Lago recently. It paints an ominous picture suggesting Democrat-aligned ballot mules were supposedly paid to illegally collect and drop off ballots in Arizona and Georgia and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. You know, just happens to be those states that Donald Trump lost, that swung the election to Joe Biden. So let me pause right there for a moment. They are calling these people mules. Now, setting aside what did or didn't happen, I'll get to that in a second, please note the subliminal reference to Drug mules who are supposedly paid to run drugs across the southern border. The use of the phrase mules there is no accident, I promise you. It is meant to evoke the idea of an invasion of immigrants overrunning our border, or in this case, our democracy and our election system. And if you think that's an accident, oh, Brad, you're making too much of that. Well, it's not. You may also note in recent years that Republicans, helped along by Fox News naturally, also refer to something that they call ballot harvesting. Have you heard that one before? Where, they, w- When they're discussing perfectly legal absentee ballot collection or delivery that takes uh, place lawfully in many states around the country, the practice of collecting absentee ballots from folks, uh, who are, you know, disabled, who can't make it to the uh, to the drop box or whatever to make sure the ballots are delivered in time to county headquarters. Almost every state allows some version of that, allows family members, for instance, to deliver ballots from members of their own families. There's nothing unlawful about it, but they don't call it ballot collection or ballot drop box, drop off. They call it ballot harvesting. You know the things that those so-called illegal immigrants do. They're the ones who harvest in the fields. As Fox and the folks on the right began describing this uh, new word ballot harvesting, That's what they uh, began to call it at the same time that they they played this videotape over and over again on a loop a few years ago of a brownish person in Arizona, perfectly legal, legally at the time, delivering a collection of absentee ballots to a county voting center. But that that was ballot harvesting
1: when it was legal it, it was uh, totally legal again yeah. totally 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 no, but legal it's, it's
0: harvesting you yeah. know cuz that's what the immigrants do also mules ballot mules scary scary see how this works so they use these vaguely racist references uh it's no accident when they do it when the right wingers do it But as AP and others like PolitiFact have been reporting over the weekend uh, since this propaganda film's release in theater, first, the folks on the right are going crazy in social media. This is it. They've now—we've all been caught uh, red-handed throwing the election to Joe Biden as far as they're concerned. So the claim— Uh, That 2000 so-called ballot mules were paid to unlawfully collect and drop off ballots at drop boxes in key swing states. This is based on, as AP describes it, faulty assumptions, anonymous accounts and improper analysis of cell phone location data, which experts in the field have noted is not nearly precise enough to confirm that somebody deposited a ballot into a drop box, and yet that's what they're using. I'll detail some of that in a moment. But the, the movie was produced by a right-wing activist and filmmaker by the name of Dinesh D'Souza. Ironically enough, Dinesh D'Souza actually pled guilty to five counts of, wait for it, election fraud. Back in 2014, himself. According to, uh, you can go see this, I'll link to it over at FBI.gov. From uh, September 23, 2014, the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York announced today that Dinesh D'Souza was sentenced in Manhattan federal court to five years of probation with eight months. Uh, during the first year to be served in a community confinement center. Yes, a halfway house after having pled guilty to violating the federal campaign election law by making illegal contributions to a U.S. Senate campaign in the name of others. And this is the guy who's making a film about election fraud. Uh, and by the way, I guess all of this makes him an illegal campaign donor mule now that I think about it. Manhattan U.S. Attorney Preet Barrara stated Dinesh D'Souza attempted to illegally contribute over $10,000 to a Senate campaign, willfully undermining the integrity of the campaign finance process. In 2012, the Election Act limited campaign contributions to $5,000 from any individual to any one candidate. And in March of 2012, D'Souza contributed $10,000 to the Senate campaign of Wendy Long on behalf of himself and his wife, agreeing in writing to attribute that contribution of $5,000 from his wife and $5,000 from him. In August 2012, uh, D'Souza directed other individuals with whom he was associated, namely his assistant and a woman with whom D'Souza was romantically involved. These are the straw donors, as they're described by the FBI, to make contributions to that same person's campaign, Wendy Long, for the U.S. Senate. That, on behalf of themselves and their spouses, that totaled some $20,000 with the promise that he would reimburse them for those contributions. Totally illegal. Later that same day, or the next day, D'Souza, as promised, reimbursed the straw donors $10,000 each in cash for the contributions. During the plea proceeding, D'Souza admitted before the court that he caused two close associates to contribute $10,000 each to the long campaign with the understanding that he would reimburse them for their contributions and that he did reimburse them. You see, that that sort of does away. If if they have campaign limits, campaign finance limits of how much you can give to a campaign, uh, it kind of makes that meaningless if you tell a whole bunch of people, hey, go ahead and give that amount. I'll pay you back for it. During the plea proceeding, D'Souza admitted before the court that he did this with the understanding that he would reimburse these people for their contributions and that, in fact, he did do so. D'Souza also admitted that he knew what he was doing was wrong and something that the law forbids. But he did it anyway. And now he's made a movie about election fraud. (sighs) So in addition, by the way, to the probationary term with confinement at a community center, the judge sentenced D'Souza to a mandatory eight-hour day of community service every week of his five-year term of probation, weekly counseling sessions, and ordered him to pay a $30,000 fine. That was in 2014, but in 2018, for those election fraud crimes, then-President Donald Trump issued a full pardon to Dinesh D'Souza, tweeting that he, quote, was treated very unfairly by our government.
1: Yeah, that whole finding out that you broke the law and then, you know, convicting you and making you sign a plea agreement and agreeing that you broke the law—all of that stuff—is being totally treated unfair.
0: Very totally right. unfair. And and if I was Donald Trump, I I would say that too. Uh, even though, by the way, D'Souza had personally pled guilty to all of these crimes. So that's the guy who's produced this documentary on pretend election fraud called 2000 Mules that was released into more than 270 movie theaters over this past week and who has dupes on the right as well as fraudsters and con men like Donald Trump singing its praises in turn. The film uses so-called research from a—and <laughs> if you've been reading Bradblog.com or listening to the broadcast for years, this name may sound familiar. It was a research from a right-wing Texas-based voter fraud fraudster group that calls itself True the Vote. They have spent years putting out discredited false reports on Democratic voter fraud that I always have to come on the air or go on the Bradblog and, well, tell the truth about. They have been embarrassing themselves year after year after year with their easily debunked reports, but apparently they're still at it. AP examines some of the specific claims in the film, and I'll not go through all of them with you, but I will go through some of them just so you understand what a joke this entire thing is. From a guy, by the way, who has spent the last 20 years reporting on actual election fraud by any party who does it. Uh, Anyway, AP looked at uh, some of this stuff, Uh, frankly, and I'd I'd much rather ignore all of this to be uh, frank, but because it is so silly and easily debunked, uh, the the stop the steel dupes on the right have bought into it nonetheless hook, line and sinker. So, frankly, you are needed. Yes, you, dear Bradcast listener, you are needed to help them understand how they have been duped by this thing, which you can't do unless you understand how this film is trying to dupe people. Okay, so some of these claims that AP uh, responds to. uh, Claim. At least 2,000 mules, but potentially as many as 54,000, were paid to illegally collect ballots and deliver them to drop boxes in key swing states ahead of the 2020 presidential election. Here's the facts. The findings... The finding is based on false assumptions about the precision of cell phone tracking data and the reason that someone might drop off multiple ballots. That, according to experts, ballot harvesting, as AP notes, is a pejorative term for dropping off completed ballots for people besides yourself. The practice is legal in several states, but largely illegal. In the states, the True the Vote was focused on here, with some exceptions for family, household members, and people with disabilities, which, by the way, is a pretty big exception. But True the Vote makes no distinction. If they see someone dropping off more than one ballot at a drop box, well, it's a paid mule. TruthVote has said that they found some 2,000 ballot harvesters by purchasing $2 million worth of anonymized cell phone geolocation data, the pings that track a person's location in various swing counties across five different states. So they have this data of... You know, where various people were. And then by drawing a virtual boundary around where a county has a ballot drop box and around the offices of various unnamed nonprofit groups, why don't they name these groups? Uh, well, they were able, they claim, to identify cell phones that repeatedly went near such drop, box, drop boxes ahead of the 2020 election. So if a cell phone went near a Dropbox more than 10 times and a nonprofit more than five times from the beginning of October until Election Day, while well, True the Vote assumed that was a mule, they were unlawfully delivering ballots to that Dropbox. So if you drive even within a certain distance of a mail-in Dropbox, and an office of certain, again, unnamed nonprofit groups on your way to and from work each day, well, congratulations, you are a ballot mule just because you're driving to and from work. That's how these numbnuts see it. And that's, that's enough to get them into movie theaters across the country. So, by the way, if you're a mailman, congratulations, I guess you're a mule. If you're an election official who goes to empty out those drop boxes each day, well, you guessed it. You're a mule. The uh, the group yes. If, if your
1: if your child, your teenager, walks by on his way to school, for correct. example, mule. with a cell phone, he's a mule. mule. Oh boy, mule. That's nuts.
0: The group's claims of a paid ballast, uh, ballot harvesting scheme are supported in the film only by one single unidentified whistleblower. They don't even identify the whistleblower. Uh, said to be from San Luis, uh, uh, San Luis, Arizona, who said she saw people picking up what she, quote, assumed to be payments for ballot collection. Well, there you go. It's a pretty big assumption. And yet the film contains no evidence of any such payment in any other states in 2020 and in Arizona, It's one unidentified whistleblower who says she assumes that these must be payments that she saw somewhere from someone to steal the election for Joe Biden. So there you go. But it gets worse. Experts say that cell phone location data, even at its most advanced, cannot track people close enough to know whether someone actually dropped off a ballot or just walked or drove nearby. It's generally only accurate to about 100 feet or so. So if you were, again, 100 feet from a Dropbox and 100 feet from some nonprofit organization's office, you're a mule to these bonehead con men who are in now 270 theaters around the country. Aaron Striegel, a professor of computer science and engineering at the University of Notre Dame, told AP, quote, you could use cellular evidence to say this person was in that area. But to say they were at the ballot box. Well, you're stretching it a lot, he said. What's more, ballot drop boxes are often intentionally placed in busy areas like college campuses and libraries and government buildings and apartment complexes, increasing the likelihood that innocent citizens got caught up in this group's dragnet, according to Striegel. Similarly, there are plenty of legitimate reasons why someone might be visiting both a nonprofit office and one of these busy areas. For example, if you are a delivery driver, a mule, a postal worker, a mule, cab driver's mule, Poll worker's mule, elected officials mule, all have legitimate reasons to cross paths with numerous drop boxes or nonprofits in any given day. AP notes. In an attempt to bolster its claim, true the vote also highlight- Oh, here you go. It's not just the cell data. They also highlighted dropbox surveillance footage. They had secret cameras that were on the on the drop boxes showing voters depositing multiple ballots into the box. Now, they don't show anybody doing it more than once, but they claim that these ballot mules were doing it over and over and over again, and yet they can't seem to find the video to prove that even once. AP says there's no way to tell whether those voters were the same people as the ones whose cell phones were anonymously tracked. So the people on the video... Are not necessarily the people that they've tracked with the cell phone data. A video of uh, of a voter dropping off a stack of ballots at a drop box is not proof of wrongdoing. Notes AP, most states have legal exceptions that let people drop off ballots on behalf of family members, household members. For example, Larry Campbell, they cite, a guy, a voter in Michigan who was featured, who was not featured in the film. But he told AP he legally dropped off six ballots at a local drop box in 2020, one for himself, his wife and, yes, his four adult children. Perfectly legal. But if they have video of that, True the Vote will put it up into 270 theaters and pretend this is a ballot mule stealing the election for Joe Biden. In Georgia, Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's office, and I wouldn't trust Brad Raffensperger as far as I could throw him, and I would like to. But his office investigated one of these uh, surveillance videos that were circulated by the True the Vote and said... Uh, that his office found that the man was dropping off ballots for himself and his family. The film identifies no actual people, names no names, it even blurs out the faces of people dropping off the ballots. Why would they do that if they caught these folks in the act of a felony crime? Another claim that AP debunks. In Philadelphia alone, True the Vote identified 1,155 mules. That's a lot of mules in Philadelphia who illegally collected and dropped off ballots for money, they say. Well, AP says the facts are, no, they didn't. The group has offered no evidence of any sort of paid ballot harvesting scheme in Philadelphia. None. And true, the vote did not get surveillance footage of drop boxes at all in Philadelphia. So the group based this claim solely, solely on cell phone location data According to its researcher, Greg Phillips, in March during testimony to Pennsylvania state senators, he admitted it.
1: So they're just basically out there kind of accusing, making blanket accusations about just innocent people walking around Philadelphia. Yeah. That's what they do. Again, this is nuts.
0: Greg Palast points out in his coverage of this film that as many as 54,000 mules were organized and paid in at least five big cities, according to the filmmakers. In Fulton County, that's Atlanta, DeSousa tells uh, tells the audience that 92,670 ballots were stuffed illegally into drop boxes. Well, that sounds damning. But according to Pallist, it's actually astonishing because there were only 79,000 ballots cast in drop boxes in all of Fulton County. So more ballots were dropped off at drop boxes by mules than were actually cast in drop boxes by anyone in Fulton County, uh, Georgia. In Detroit, he notes it was worse. Mules stuffed 226,590 ballots into Detroit area drop boxes, which, by the way, happens to be way more than the total number of all of the mail-in ballots cast totally in Detroit. It's actually about three times the number of ballots that were dropped into drop boxes. Get in the picture here. Another claim. Alleged ballot harvesters were captured on surveillance video wearing gloves because they didn't want to leave their fingerprints on the ballots. Aha! Busted! Wearing gloves! Why would you wear gloves to deliver the ballots unless you were trying to, you know, keep your fingerprints off it? Well... AP says this is pure speculation, ignores the facts that uh, ignores far more likely reasons for glove wearing in the fall and winter of 2020, cold weather or COVID-19. For example, in Georgia, in the uh, runoff in January 2021, the Senate uh, runoff elections occurred during some of the coldest weeks of the year in the Senate and when COVID was searching One more claim. If it weren't for this ballot collection scheme, former President Donald Trump would have had enough votes to win the 2020 election. This alleged scheme has not been proven, notes AP, nor do the researchers have any way of knowing whether any of these ballots that were collected contained votes for Trump or for Biden. And to date, most of the actual indictments we have seen for voter fraud in 2020 Uh, many of them, by the way, brought by Republican attorneys general, were actually Trump voters who voted twice by mail, either in two different states or for dead relatives. For all we know, this dumb film documents how Donald Trump ended up receiving far more votes than the polls expected he would get. There is no evidence that a massive ballot harvesting scheme... Dumped a large amount of votes for one candidate into drop boxes, and if there were, it would likely be caught, notes AP. Citing uh, Derek Muller, a law professor at the University of Iowa, Once, he says, Once you, uh, you get just a few people involved, people start to reveal the scheme because it unravels pretty quickly, he said. And that's true. Despite the fact that thousands of folks, perhaps tens of thousands of folks, according to this film, who could have taken part in this broad, multi-state conspiracy, despite all of those people, thousands of them, no one has said one word about it. There's no evidence to support any of these wild claims. Beyond these vague allegations slapped together by a discredited, fraudulent, right-wing voter fraud group... And a guy who pleaded guilty to actual federal election fraud crimes just a few years ago. Well, this all sounds legit. What do you think, Des?
1: (laughs) Well, obviously, if you're able to get some fancy, slick film editing and put some really spooky, scary music behind it, then, you know, you can make anything sound like something. And this is not anything. Obviously, (laughs) this is just made up.
0: It is. It is. And frankly, as I said at the top, I'm sorry to waste all your time on this. But you will hear a lot about this in the days ahead if you haven't already. And you need to be prepared to know what they're talking about when they will tell you that all of this has been blown wide open. Now we know how they did it. It was 2,000 mules. And this is legit. Apparently enough... Uh, For, you know, the right wing voter fraud dupes to go crazy, as they have been all weekend, using the hashtag 2000 mules. It was trending on social media thanks to this uh, thanks to these gullible, incurious Republican patsies who have been hoaxed into buying into this nonsense by a twice impeached, disgraced con man and sore loser from Uh, former president who utterly failed over and over again in his multiple attempts to steal to steal the 2020 presidential election that he could not win legitimately. And make no mistake. That is what all of this is about. Donald Trump's attempt to steal a presidential election from the American people. He did not try to undermine the results or overturn them or reverse them or unwind it, as The Hill reported just the other day. He he wasn't questioning the results. He tried to steal a presidential election before our eyes. And it would be very helpful if folks in both the media and the Democrats... And, by the way, actual democracy lovers of all stripes called this out for what it was, an attempt to steal a presidential election. My friend Jenny Cohn on on Twitter cited me again over the weekend uh, at Twitter on this to underscore how much framing and wording matters on this stuff. Believe me, if the roles were reversed here, Republicans would be saying every single day, every minute of every day since the election, how Democrats had tried to steal the election. And, and, uh, you know, rest in peace, my mentions on Twitter after uh, Jenny Cohn brought this up. With, you know, all fans of hers and I guess of mine coming in to say, well, yeah, but it was a coup. It was it was a coup d'etat. But, you know, isn't that just like Democrats to use a French word and expect the American people to grok it? It's an insurrection, a fascist takeover, an authoritarian takeover. Yeah, it is all of that. But if you want folks, folks of all political stripes, to understand what happened here, yes, even the dupes who are dumb enough to buy into this 2,000 mules nonsense, please put it in the simplest and truest terms. Donald Trump and his supporters tried to steal the 2020 presidential election from the American people. I wish I could say end of story, but it is not the end of story. They are still trying to steal the 2020 election in hopes of making it much easier to, yes, steal the 2024 election. That is the plan. And that's what these phony documentaries are all about. All of these phony claims, that's what they're all about. Because now, now they'll have justification, evidence free, but they're not big on evidence. To, you know, well, we better end all ballot collection, end all use of drop boxes, to even end almost all absentee voting entirely if they can pull it off. When I post today's show at bradblog.com tonight, I will link to several of the fact checks that are out there on this in case you want to share them with your duped friends or family members or coworkers. Yes, you are needed to help. One from AP is fact-focused, gaping holes in the claim of 2,000 ballot mules. The other is from Greg Palast, headline, 2,000 mules, belly laughs, belly aches from films, quote, proof that Trump won. But if you want election fraud with actual evidence, do I have time? We'll see. Uh, You know, the kind that Dinesh D'Souza actually pled guilty to in 2014 before being pardoned for it in 2018 by Donald Trump so he could go out and make this movie about pretend voter fraud. Well, I got a I got a little bit more of that for you coming up um, after a break here. And if you want to ring in on any of this, I see a lot of you want to want to get in uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, If you want to ring in on any of this, or even better, if you want to challenge me on any of this, I'd love to hear from you. I promise to be nice. 818 985 KPFK. Let's take a quick break here and more actual GOP election fraud and some convictions. Next on the broadcast, I'm Brad Friedman. Hey, this is Brad. Our nightmare election may be over, but new ones are on the way. Here at the Bradcast and Bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year around, like no other media outlet in the nation. But of course, we need your help to do it. Please stop by Bradblog.com/donate to make an automated monthly pledge of any amount you like or even just a one-time-only contribution to help us remain on your public airwaves and completely independent. The fight for voting rights, civil rights, and to save our planet continues. Please help us continue that fight independently over your public airwaves by stopping by bradblog.com donate right now. Go ahead, do it right now. From Desi Doyan and myself, thank you. who's cheating who? Who's
2: being true? Who don't even care anymore? It makes you wonder
0: who's doing right. Yeah. Welcome tonight. back to the broadcast Brad Friedman from BradBlog.com. We will get to at least some of your calls momentarily. Uh, and by the way, if you didn't hear about it over the weekend, on Friday night, the administrative law judge in Georgia overseeing the constitutional eligibility challenge to Congresswoman Mar- uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her ability to run for reelection after having allegedly engaged in the January 6th insurrection, that judge recommended against, against uh, uh, removing Greene from the ballot this year. We will uh, talk about that uh, hopefully tomorrow with John Bonifaz, the constitutional law expert and president and co-founder of Free Speech for People. They are the uh, group that are helping voters in uh, states like Georgia and North Carolina where they're challenging Madison Cawthorn um, and uh, some of them in Arizona which I'll get to in a minute, uh, but uh, they're the ones who are helping them bring those cases. We'll talk to John Bonifaz on tomorrow's broadcast. He'll be here to explain the uh, the ruling by the judge, their plans, and where all of these challenges go from here against those who clearly violated our constitutional ban on taking the oath of office uh, before turning... Against the Constitution by engaging in an insurrection. Uh, give you a little preview. John Bonifaz says they are, in fact, appealing to the state Supreme Court. Uh, anyway, back as promised to uh, some fresh Republican voter fraud for you. And another reminder of how different white vote fraudsters are treated from those. Uh, who just happened to be, you know, brown or black. A judge in Phoenix last week sentenced a woman to two years of felony probation, fines and community service for voting her dead mother's ballot in Arizona in the 2020 general election. Yes. Add her to the list that we've covered in recent months of the uh, of Republicans voting twice in the 2020 election, either in two different states or in the same state, casting a ballot for a dead relative. Almost all of the indictments and convictions to date, as it turns out, have been Republicans trying to vote twice for Donald Trump. I know it's crazy, but it's true. Even in states where Republican attorneys general are the ones who are bringing the cases, uh, as is the the case here in Arizona. The judge in this case rejected the prosecutor's request that the woman serve at least 30 days in jail because she lied to investigators and demanded that those uh, prosecutors and investigators hold those committing voter fraud accountable. Yes, I know. That sounds twisted because it is. The case against Tracy K. McKee, 64 years old, is one, of, is one of just a handful of voter fraud cases from Arizona's 2020 election that have led to charges, despite this widespread belief among many supporters of Donald Trump that there was widespread voter fraud that led to his loss in Arizona and other battleground states. Even though, in Arizona, the far-right Attorney General, Mark Burnovich. A Republican has been unable to find any evidence of that massive voter fraud beyond a few of these GOP voters who voted twice in the state of almost three and a half million voters in 2020. McKee was from the Phoenix suburb of Scottsdale. She now lives in California, and I hope she's a KPFK listener. Hi, Tracy. Anyway, she sobbed as she apologized to Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Margaret LaBianca, according to AP, before the judge handed down her really easy sentence. McKee, McKee had said that she had been grieving over the loss of her mother and she had no intent to impact the outcome of the election by filling in her dead mother's ballot and voting it for her. Both McKee and her mother, Mary Arndt, were registered Republicans. aren't died on October 5, two days before early ballots were mailed to voters. Assistant Attorney General Todd Lawson in Arizona played a tape of McKee being interviewed by an investigator with his office where she insisted that there was rampant voter fraud, but she had denied that she signed and returned her own mother's ballot. McKee told the investigator on tape, quote, the only way to prevent voter fraud is to physically go in and punch a ballot. I mean, voter fraud is going to be prevalent as long as there's mail-in voting for sure. I mean, there's no way to ensure a fair election, she said. Well, I guess she would know. She did not go physically in and punch a ballot. She mailed her ballot in along with her mom's, her dead mom's. She continued to investigators. And I don't believe this was a fair election. I do believe there was a lot of voter fraud. Well, she would know. Her attorney pointed to dozens of cases, not thousands or millions, but dozens of voter fraud cases that were prosecuted in Arizona over the past decade, not over the past year, but over the past 10 years. When there was no more than a few dozen illegal votes cast out of tens of millions that were cast over that same decade. Many, he said, for similar violations of voting on someone else's ballot. He said no one got jail, jail time in those cases. He said he agreed with the prosecutor that McKee should do 30 days jail time, uh, but that would raise constitutional Ill- issues of fairness. Now they care about the Constitution, I guess. Simply stated, her attorney said over a long period of time in voluminous cases, nobody in the state for a similar uh, case has got jail time. The prosecutor, on the other hand, said the jail time was important for her because the type of case has changed. In years past, most cases involved people voting in two separate states because they either lived in or they had property in both states. Many thought that they were allowed to cast a ballot in each state. You're not. But in the 2020 election, people had bought into Trump's claim of widespread fraud, and the deputy AG told the judge what we're hearing is voter fraud is out there, and essentially what we're seeing here is someone who says, well, I'm going to commit voter fraud because it's a big problem, and I'm just going to slide in under the radar and do it anyway, and I'm going to do it because everybody else is doing it, and I can get away with it. The deputy AG did not buy that at all and asked for at least 30 days in jail. Judge Labianca said she agreed with the deputy AG that ordering jail time for McKee uh, would be a, a, a smart idea, but um, you know, given that McKee wanted exactly this, wanted the prosecutors to go after people who committed voter fraud, and she added, "Quote, if there was evidence that this crime was on the rise." And the heightened deterrence may be called for, the court might order jail time, she said. But the record here does not show that this crime is on the rise and abhorrent as it may be for someone like the defendant to attack the legitimacy of our free elections without any evidence except your own fraud. Such statements about it are not illegal, as I know. So the judge gave the woman no jail time at all and simply felony probation, some fines, some community service for having illegally voted twice. Now, as we have had to do when reporting on cases like this, well, maybe that judge in Maricopa is right that other folks like this woman have not received jail time. You may be familiar by now with the case of Crystal Mason from Texas, a mother of three. And she's just one, by the way, one of the folks who is black or brown or an immigrant who did not get such wonderful treatment from a judge. In Texas, Crystal Mason, who was out of jail on supervised uh, supervised, uh, uh, parole, supervised release, that's right, she was never told, federal supervised release, she was never told by anyone that she was not allowed to vote while she was still on supervised release. When she went to vote at her precinct, she was told that she was not on the rolls anymore for some reason. But the poll worker there told her, go ahead, fill out a provisional ballot. That will be counted after they confirm that she's a properly registered voter. So she followed the directions of the poll worker, filled out a a provisional ballot, turned it in to be verified and tallied. But it was never tallied because officials discovered that she was out on supervised release and not allowed to vote. She explained she had no idea that she was not allowed to vote. Her probation officer never told her. The poll worker told her to fill out a provisional ballot that was never even counted. It was caught before it was cast. Well, Crystal Mason, who is black, a mother, three children, she was sentenced last November to five years in prison for this crime, for having cast a vote that was never counted. Contrast that to white lady Tracy K. McKee in Phoenix, who knew that she was breaking the law, who actually successfully voted twice illegally and then had the temerity to complain to the investigator questioning her that she believed voter fraud was rampant and that they should throw the book at these people. She gets off with a slap on the wrist. Probation, fine, some community community service, equal justice for all. Not in America, baby. Not if you're black or you're brown or an immigrant like one of several who were accidentally handed voter registration forms at the DMV who filled them out and never even voted but ended up being deported because of it over the past several years. This is America. So you want to talk about fraud? I'm happy to talk about fraud. But we will be real about it and we will tell you the truth about it. Quick break, and we will come back with a couple of your calls if we have time. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to The Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. Call me, 818-985-5735. We are in uh, Fun Drive here at uh, KPFK. So you need to hit one if you want to get on the air. you got to hit two if you want to uh, donate to our fund drive here at KPFK. And by the way, if you're hearing us on a separate station, a different station other than KPFK, uh, please consider supporting them as well. All of your uh, favorite progressive stations right now, and there are not a lot of them out here, are struggling to survive. None of them can do it without your support. 818-985-5735. KPFK, whatever's on your mind in our very few minutes left, let me go to uh, Mike in Los Angeles. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast. sir. What's on your mind today, my friend?
2: Hey, Brad, don't want to change the topic too drastically, but I'm very upset by all this controversy about abortion and Roe v. Wade being overturned. Mm-hmm. So I started to read into this opinion by Mr. Alito, and a couple of things he says in there. One is that uh, it doesn't discriminate against women to be forced to carry a pregnancy, (laughs) and uh, also that uh, the way it was done before Roe v. Wade was much better because the local legislatures got to uh, carry out the uh, policy that the people wanted. Uh So, in any event, I I thought uh, as long as we're going to be even-handed and Mm -hmm. not discriminate against women and... You know, if it's if it's lawful to force a 12-year-old who gets raped to carry a pregnancy mm-hmm. to term, yep. I don't think it's terribly obtrusive to require a 12-year-old male to get a vasectomy, which of course can be, re, you know, redone later in life if they want to bear.
0: You can undo a vasectomy, right?
2: Yeah, that's true. Uh,
0: and of course, you I think could. We, yeah. could
2: call, we could call it a, a clip mitzvah, and oh, man. would be Oh man. It would prevent so many problems. Mike. It would, it, would, it would eliminate abortions altogether.
0: Yeah. After that clip mitzvah joke, Mike, I'm going to have to ask you to hang up on yourself if you don't mind.
2: I will. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I think that's best. 818 985 KP. I'm sorry. It got
1: huge laughs here in the control room. <laughs> I know it did.
0: I know it did. Clip mitzvah. <sighs> Uh, Yeah, I had actually, I mean, there has been so much news. There has been so much conversation, of course, about Roe v. Wade. And I feel like we're going to have time to talk about that in the weeks ahead uh, because I think this is not going to be good. Um, And yet, uh, so that's actually what I had hoped to talk about today on on today's broadcast. Uh, But then I saw this stuff going on over the weekend and I saw it rising and I saw these lies coming back about the 2,000 mules. They've proved it. Uh, no, they haven't proved it. They have proved that there's a bunch of dupes and uh, suckers and dopes and patsies out there who are willing to believe anything. Some of them actually s- saw the film, I think. Uh, didn't you, Desi, did not you tell me it's already made over a million dollars? Yes, like I had
1: read that in its first uh, first day in these movie theaters uh, that they had made over a million. So yeah, there are plenty of people who are willing to be parted with their money for lies.
0: And then you would ask them, as I did on Twitter, <clears throat> well, what, how did They prove it. And well, and they couldn't explain it because there's actually no proof. They make these innuendos. They make these assertions about, you know, cell phone data and uh, ballot mules and they have scary music and look, videotape that they uh, fogged out their, blurred out their face for some reason. Why would you do that? If this person was committing a felony, why not show them? Why don't they name a single one of these groups that they claim that people are going from the groups, the uh, non-profit groups to the ballot drop box? Why don't they name names? Because they can't, because they know they'll be sued, because they know they are lying. Never lying, of course, is our friend Morris from Long Beach. Hey, Mo, welcome to the broadcast, sir. How you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic, Bradley. Thank you for asking. Listen, 2,000 mules is nothing but a contemporary birth of the nation. That's mm. all it is. Remember, David Wilson was the birth of the nation. That's that's all it is. And whatever mm. happened to the rule of law, Brad? We've got 60 court rulings that said everything was cool. How come that wasn't in the movie?
0: <laughs> well, let me. Uh, yeah, well, let me let me mention this, Morris. Uh, it, it, those 60 court rulings. What you will get in response when you raise that point as well. It wasn't actually 60 court rulings. In fact, a lot of those court rulings never looked at the evidence. They just dismissed these lawsuits on standing that this person was not able to sue. And to the extent that that is true, well, that is true. But the claims that they were making in those lawsuits, we can all look at them and we can ask for the evidence. We can ask for the proof. And even Sidney Powell Who uh, wrote these lawsuits said, well, her own attorney, because now she's being sued for defamation, her own attorney attorney says, well, nobody would actually believe those claims that I made. So,
2: You you know, how many attorneys have lost their licenses fooling around with Donald Trump?
0: Yeah. And there's going to be more. Uh, Ken Paxton, the attorney general of uh, Texas, has announced that the uh, state of Texas uh, bar is now looking, is now suing him and maybe taking away his law license for the uh, that scam lawsuit that he filed with the Supreme Court to try to throw out the 2020 elections. And that's a guy who's already uh, charged with a whole bunch of felonies. And he happens to be the top law enforcement official in Texas. That's Texas for you. All right, got to get out. My thanks to uh, our producer today, as always, Desi Doyen, to my board operator, Gary Baca. Thank you. Gorgeous Gary Baca, they call him. Uh, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. And and thanks to uh, for calling in. Uh, if you missed any portion of today's show, download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you want. I'm Bradcast at Bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. We'll see you there until we see you here. Hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.